0: I want to continue, not what we started this morning, although that's really um, uh, rich, what we were talking about this morning. But I need to uh, take the opportunity to stay on track with our teaching about the greater works. So let's take at first uh, off and look at John chapter 14 and verse 12. John 14, 12 uh, because the Lord has been revealing some important elements to us, and we want to uh, recognize our, our part in His plan. And John fourteen twelve identifies an essential part of that. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do because I go unto my Father. Glory to God. He did not say those who are in the fivefold ministry will do the greater works. He didn't say those who have, have uh, the, the highest uh, responsibilities or callings or anointings. He said, he that believes on me. Every believer is qualified and equipped to participate in the works that Jesus does. He said, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these, greater is a word in the original language that means greater in quantity. And he said, the reason it will be greater in quantity is because I go to my father. So he says that the believer will do the works that Jesus has done and they we will do them in great quantity. So how did Jesus do the works? We've spent a little bit of time talking about how Jesus did the works that he did. And we discovered first of all that he was authorized as a man. That Jesus came to this earth as a man and he became our legal redeemer. He legally entered into the earth through the birth of uh, of a a virgin and he came into the world as a human being but 100% the son of God and 100% the son of man. How did God do that? The devil couldn't figure it out but God did it legally. God did it legally because the seed of the woman was the word of God. Mary received God's word and the word of God conceived Jesus in her womb. And John 1.14 says the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And it says that he came as a man so that he could taste death for every man. Hebrews chapter 2. It says that he came as a man so that through death he could destroy the one who had the power, doesn't have, had, past tense, had the power of death. So he, he came as a man for the purpose of regaining what the first Adam had lost. He regained the authority that God had given to Adam. And so we see Jesus in Matthew chapter 28. Before He ascends, He had already raised from the dead and He was on the earth for 40 days, seeing of people testimonies of, of the fact that He was alive after they know He had been crucified so He appeared and for those 40 days and then He ascended. And the moments before He ascends, He tells His disciples all authority. It says all power in the King James, but it's the word exousia and it means authority. He said all authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. So the word exousia in the original language means the right to control or govern, the sphere of jurisdiction. So all jurisdiction has been placed in Jesus' hand. So Jesus came with the authority and because he was legally a man and authorized as a man to to conduct the authority that God had delegated to Adam, he could speak to the wind and the waves. He could command a fever to depart from peter 's mother in law he could He could uh, uh, command devils to come out of people because he was in authority and because you and I are also spiritually alive but yet physically human, we are one hundred percent human while at the same time, if you're a believer, you are 100% the son of God, the daughter of God, 100% a child of God. So you are also in that same equipping. It helped me so much because before I recognized that basic truth that I just explained to you, I always read the Gospels and I, I identified with the fleshly failures of Peter you know, I identified with all of the things that those disciples did before the, the cross. And when I came to this point, I realized I don't look like them. I'm not built like Peter who was faltering on the water. I'm not built like that. Yeah. I'm built like Jesus who was walking on the water. Yeah. Because when Peter was sinking. Was He was not alive unto God in his spirit. He was still trying to work the word under the old covenant, under the old man with the old equipment. But not me, not you. We don't look like that. We look like Jesus looked in that picture. So when you read the Gospels, knowing who you are, you've got to see everything I see Jesus doing up until the point that it becomes the sacrificial work of the Lamb. All of the miracles that I see Him doing, all of the ministry that I see Him doing, all of the authority that I see Him taking, I'm equipped just like that. I'm in the same position that I have the same equipment, the same build, the same the same uh, uh, armament, the same um, supplies that he had at that moment. He, all of that was for an example. It was for our pattern. Now I know the pattern. I can follow. I can follow the pattern of Jesus operating as a man alive unto God, fully authorized because he's a man, but anointed by God with the power. That was the second thing that we saw. How did Jesus do the works? He was legally in his physical body, which gave him authority, but he also was anointed with the Holy Spirit. It says... And we looked at all of the different Gospels, how each one of them identified that the Holy Spirit, when Jesus was was baptized in water, that the heavens opened, not the clouds. We came in today and the clouds had parted. You could see really dark clouds over here and over on this. No, it wasn't the clouds parting when Jesus was in the baptismal waters and came up. The heavens opened because the Holy Spirit came from heaven through the atmosphere, and came and descended upon Jesus in a bodily form. The Holy Spirit Himself, not a dove, not a bird, the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus and anointed Him because Jesus immediately following that experience of the Holy Spirit coming upon Him, Jesus preached and said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has... Anointed me. And so Jesus was a man legally with the authority that God had given man, yet he was also anointed by the Holy Spirit. And the beginning of miracles occurred. The beginning, the beginning of miracles. It says specifically that the water being turned into wine at the wedding uh, in Canaan was, in Cana, it was the beginning. There were no miracles when Jesus was 12, 14, 17 because the miracle worker came upon him at the baptism waters. He was completely the Son of God. From the moment he was conceived in Mary's womb, completely the Son of God, yet the miracle power came upon him by the Holy Spirit coming upon him. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to free those who are in captivity. He, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me with this power of God. And the beginning of miracles occurred after the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus said to his disciples in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, You shall receive power... You shall receive miracle-working power. It is the word dunamis. It's not the word authority that we saw in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, but in Acts one eight, it's the word dunamis, which means miracle-working power. In the Strong's Concordance, one of the definitions is the miracle worker you will receive the miracle worker when the Holy Ghost comes upon you he's the miracle worker the Holy Spirit is the one who works and produces those miracles through his power and the anointing of the Spirit upon a believer is that second element that equips us with the same equipment Jesus had to do His works. We are equipped as we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The power comes upon us and we are now equipped to do the works of Jesus. So we've looked at the importance of how Jesus did these works and recognize that the worker of miracles in the Holy Spirit uh, how he works, we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I want to go back there now. And we, we want to be scripturally learned, educated, because this light makes the operation of the gifts of the Spirit stable in our life there are many people who draw back from the manifestations of the power of the holy spirit the manifestations of the spirit because they're afraid they're afraid of of the manifestations or they've experienced somebody who got kooky with it and and got off balance with it and uh We don't want to go in either direction in a ditch. We want to maintain middle of the road and we want to be stable and secure, but we don't want to draw back from how the Holy Spirit operates because without Him, we might as well just pack up and go home. If if He's not in our church services, if He doesn't have liberty... Now, the, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is not going to necessarily cause something spectacular... And you know that helped me because Brother Hagen would teach. Many people miss the supernatural because they're looking for the spectacular, and they think if it's if it's a manifestation of the spirit, it's going to be wow. But the manifestation of the spirit can be supernatural without it being anything spectacular. And so we don't want to demand something that always makes us bounce off the walls or run the pews or jump up and down. And, and we, it can be just as supernatural when the teaching gift flows as it is when that preaching and everybody's jumping and running is happening. It can be just as supernatural if it's changing our life, if it's feeding us spiritually. It's a supernatural flow. And, and we don't want to make demands of Him to only operate a certain way and i 've been pastoring long enough and 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 serving under my husband long enough to know there are, are times that the Holy Spirit would move in a a more dramatic way, and then the people come in for the next few weeks and want to make that happen again and and there are times the Holy Spirit will have a flow in a way that may may seem dramatic there may be a more a more um, uh, more operations of certain flows of, of the spiritual gifts. But we can't, we can't demand that of Him. If He wants to teach us, we need to be as excited about that as when He makes us jump and run. Amen? Amen? And so uh, this is learning to recognize and respond in a way that is spiritual, in a way that maintains a stability in the church, in our lives, because we need the manifestation of the Holy Spirit and how He desires to flow, how He desires to lead and to manifest. Chapter 12, we have identified there are nine gifts of the Spirit. We can look at... Uh, Here, beginning in verse 7, it says, The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with with all. So the manifestation of the Spirit brings a profit to our church, to our lives, to our services. The manifestation, notice it says, is given to every man. Of course, we know this means believers. It's not given to the unsaved. Because chapter, verse 1 of the same chapter says, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. So we know we're talking to the brethren. So the manifestation is given to, to every one of the believers to profit with all. And one, one translation of that phrase, to profit with all, means to have something that you can contribute. Yeah. Hallelujah. So we all have a part to play. We all have Amen. something to bring. It may not be every service, but there is a a part for us to play in the work of God. It says, To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, diverse kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. Now he could have said that in a way and left out that word another. You know in the same way Ephesians chapter 6 it says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood but against, 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 against. And I think it's like five or six times it uses that word against. It's for emphasis. And again here this word another is repeated so many times for emphasis because it would be unscriptural for any of us to say "I I operate all nine of the gifts. Because that's not promised. He says... He says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to one this, to another this, yeah. not to one all of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's another here and another here. In other words, it's a distribution. There may be times throughout a person's life and ministry, especially someone who may be called into a five-fold ministry office that they may have several during their lifespan span operating in their life for instance if someone is in the gift of or operating in the office of the evangelist there is a working of miracles in the office of an evangelist an evangelist gifts of healings in the office of an evangelist we see that in Philip's ministry we looked at that from acts chapter 8 in the, in the office of the prophet, there are going to be more of those uh, utterance gifts, those gifts that say something, those revelation gifts. The, uh, the discerning of spirits might operate in the prophet's office. The uh, word the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom would probably be uh, operative and the gift of prophecy. But it doesn't mean that they have them all in operation all at the same time in every service they man- that they are ministering in. It can be something throughout their ministry that at different times it has been operative. Amen? Amen. So we want to be uh, uh, scripturally aware of the emphasis that the Holy Spirit places to one, to another, to another, to. But, and then he says this in verse 11 all these, all these manifestations are worked by the Holy Spirit. All these worketh that one and the self same spirit. So the Holy Spirit, He is in charge of when they work. It is not the person who is operating in these manifestations who gets to choose. You can't turn them on. You can't turn them off. You can cooperate. He is the worker of these gifts. These are not gifts that He he gives He may work them through us, but they're His gifts. They are the gifts of the Spirit. So our recognition of that puts us in a cooperation with the Holy Spirit. That we are to work in conjunction with Him. That we learn how to be His mouthpiece. We learn how to be His his transmitter. To transmit His anointing, if it's the through uh, the working of miracles that we learn how to uh, be be ready to minister and as He wills, uh, bringing those gifts into manifestation, those those flows. So, I want to jump from here, and we'll go over to chapter fourteen. And as we go over there, let me just give us again the categories that we have placed those in. They aren't in it in the Scripture, but for the purpose of studying the categories, let's put them in category by what they do. And so the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirit are the three revelation gifts, the spiritual gifts that reveal something. They all reveal something. The Word of Wisdom reveals something supernaturally revealed, a part of the plan of God. It is usually telling about the future. It is the the only one that speaks of the future. Uh, And we saw examples of that when uh, Jesus told them to go find a cult he told them where to find the colt. He told them what the cult, that the colt had never been ridden before. When God told Ananias to go pray for Saul who became Paul, he told him what street he was on. He told him what house he would be in. And then he began to talk to him about the plan of what Paul would do for him. So there was the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom operating together. And we see that a lot. We saw different examples of that. And so... Uh, They all reveal something, and we have touched on all of those. If you missed those, please go to the YouTube channel, to the podcast, listen to it, watch it again. It's free. It's available out there for you. And uh, we covered a lot of ground with all three of those giving scriptural examples of how they have operated in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Then we have three power gifts, and we can say these are spiritual gifts that do something. The power gifts are the gift of faith, the working of miracles, the gifts of healings. Those are all three gifts that do something, manifestations of the Spirit that do something. The gift of faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. The gifts of healings is the only one that's plural. The word gifts is plural of that one and the word healings is plural. And then there are three gifts that say something or you could say they are the utterance gifts and that is the gift of prophecy, the diverse kinds of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. All of these gifts except for tongues and interpretation of tongues were in operation in the Old Testament. Tongues and interpretation of tongues is a New Testament for this age And uh, I would say it's because we're born again. That's my take on it. Because we're alive unto God, we can be filled with His Spirit. Under the Old Testament, they could not have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the infilling. The Holy Spirit could come upon them, but not in a way that He could dwell inside of them and live in them. So that's my take on it. But we do know tongues and interpretation of tongues did not begin operating until the the church was born in the book of Acts and the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with other tongues. So... There is a difference, and I don't want to get into that much today, but there is a difference between you speaking in tongues in your own personal prayer to God, your own time, and someone giving a message in tongues. And so we looked at all of these gifts. The gift of faith is not the faith that all of us have. We all have faith that comes by hearing the Word of God, but the gift of faith is a manifestation of special faith. The word of wisdom is not the wisdom that comes from, like Joshua 1.8 says, meditating in the word of God and you'll you'll be successful in everything you put your hand to. The word of wisdom is a word or a fragment of of a, a portion of the knowledge of God about the future or the plan of God. The word of, wisdom, of knowledge is not the knowledge that comes from reading the Bible. It's a supernatural operation of the Holy Spirit to reveal something to us that we can't know any other way. Right. Amen? Amen? And so these gifts, all of them are supernatural in nature. So the gifts of healings is not done by medical science. You see what I'm saying? It's a manifestation, a supernatural manifestation, all of them. So tongues, an interpretation of tongues, is, is similar to the way that we pray in tongues when we're driving down the road or when we're kneeling by our bed, when we're having our time with God and we're praying in tongues. It's, we're, we're going to speak in tongues, but the manifestation of the gift of tongues. This gift is when the Holy Spirit comes on a person for the purpose of them speaking out in in a a group, speaking out to someone and then an interpretation following it. It will have the same result that prophecy has. Prophecy in this gift, and I'm ahead a week ahead, (laughs) but I want to explain it so that we can at least get that premise before we go into it. Prophecy according to this chapter here in 1 Corinthians 14 is for edification, exhortation, and comfort. It is not, not forth telling like the word of wisdom is. So because there has been so much confusion about that because people use the word prophetic to talk about things that reveal the future, it would help us to identify this scripture when it says the gift of prophecy The gift of prophecy is a supernatural utterance that brings edification, exhortation, and comfort. It is not talking about the future, even though we tend to use that word in our our day and age to describe something that's talking about the future. In this gift, this manifestation of this gift, it is not. So praise God. I hope that's clear as mud for you there. Okay, because I'm covering a few different things and I'm, I'm not going into detail on that yet, but I wanted to at least present it so that you can have that outline when you're looking at these. All of these gifts are supernatural. They're, they're, it's not wisdom. It's not knowledge. It's not tongues that we have in our personal life. These are all, it's the word of knowledge. It's the gift of the word of knowledge, the gift of the word of wisdom. It's the gifts of healings. It is uh, supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit in these different ways, these various forms for the glory of God. I do want to attempt to cover the power gifts tonight. Can y'all, can y'all track with me? Can we, can we at least get into uh, the first two? If, if, not, if we don't get farther than that, if I can get the first two, it's important to look at the gift of faith and the working of miracles together to be able to see the difference between them. The gift of faith, and again, it's not faith that comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. It's a manifestation of supernatural faith. A supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit whereby a believer is empowered with special faith or wonder-working faith in order that he or she might receive miracles. Now instead of going through the, the whole explanation of the gift of faith, I want to con- contrast the working of miracles. So I'm going to give you the de- definition next. Let me repeat this definition one more time. Supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit whereby a believer is empowered with special faith or wonder-working faith so that he or she might receive miracles. That's the key, receive miracles. So the gift of faith receives a miracle. Hallelujah. The definition of the working of miracles, the gift of the working of miracles, is a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit whereby a believer is empowered to work a miracle. To work a miracle. So the gift of faith receives a miracle, and the working of miracle actively works a miracle. Both gifts are going to produce miracles, but one of them is pa- the gift of faith is passively receiving that miracle and the working of miracles is actively working that miracle. So when you see something that has a duration, and, and I'm, gonna, I'm contrasting these because they often are found working together, When you see something that is ongoing in its nature, the gift of faith is in operation. And one of the greatest examples is when the patriarchs spoke the blessing over their children. When we see, and and you remember how it wasn't just them speaking words over their children. When Jacob got Esau's blessing, Esau came in and said, don't you have a blessing left for me? He said, I've already given it to Jacob. Well, when he laid his hands upon Jacob and pronounced that blessing, that manifestation of the gift of faith went to work and it was ongoing. It was ongoing even beyond his life because that, that, that continued to work. Another example that's a little bit clearer to see the difference between them is found in Exodus, and let's go over to Exodus and look at the crossing of the Red Sea. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Exodus. Uh, let's look at chapter fourteen, verse fifteen. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? So they were were under attack. Pharaoh's army was approaching. They were at the Red Sea. To them it didn't look like they could go forward. And they were about to be overtaken by Pharaoh and the armies of Egypt. And they're standing there and evidently Moses was shrieking because this word cry in the original language means... Why are you shrieking at me? Why are you screaming, screaming for me to do something? He said, You speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. He told him to actively work that miracle. Yes. So what Moses did here was not a passive receiving in the opening, but then he had to receive it staying open. So the, it, it remaining, that duration of it staying open while millions of people crossed yes. over the Red Sea was the gift of faith maintaining what had been actively worked in that opening of the Red Sea. Praise God. The, another example, let's go back and look at uh, the gift of faith receiving. Daniel 6, 23. Daniel receives protection from the lions. Amen? And I'm not going to go to all of these, but we'll look at a few of them just to be able to see the receiving part versus the actively doing something part. Daniel uh, 6 and 23. Then was the king exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den... Uh, so Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. So Daniel didn't do anything except receive protection. It was a passive receiving. He was in the lion's den. He didn't do anything to stop the lions from eating him. He didn't do anything to to uh, uh, that, that caused the protection other than receiving. So the gift of faith was in operation for him to receive that supernatural protection. In 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 3 through 6. Now, you might say, well, is this just, you know, all of this detail and looking at it from a, 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 a school book kind of way of... This was this and that was that. Well, if for, for us to operate and be stable in the operation, I want to see how other people operated with the Holy Spirit. I want to see how other people participated. 1 Kings 17, 3, uh, the word of the Lord, uh, He said, Get thee hence and turn eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan, and it shall be that you shall drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. So a miracle took place, right? But he didn't work it. So the gift of faith produces miracles. When we see a miracle, we can look and say, which one was it? Was it the gift of faith that received it? Or was it the working of miracles that he actively worked it. So do we see then this this operation of the receiving of a miracle? Can we contrast that with some activity? We've looked at one activity of working the miracle in the dividing of the Red Sea. How about when the axe head floated in 2 Kings chapter 6? You remember the axe head? Yeah. You can just write it down. I'm not going to try to go to all of them, but I want you to put it in your notes. 2 Kings chapter 6 verses 5 through 7, we see that he actively worked a miracle because the axe had went in the water and he asked where did it fall and when they told him where it was fallen he he did something it was it wasn't the stick that he touched the water with that had it was the working of the miracle yeah. in that but he was actively doing something that triggered it and and there are a lot of examples of that active doing something that triggers the the, uh, uh, miracle to take place. So Jesus actively worked a miracle when He fed the 5,000 in John chapter 6, verses 5 through 14. He actively worked a miracle. He took the bread. He broke the bread. He blessed the bread. He was touching it. He was manipulating it. And he was causing it to multiply. Amen? A miracle was produced, but there was something he was actively doing in that. Praise God. So to look at the difference here is important because and to also see how they can work together is important because there are certain things that require multiple manifestations To be in operation. For instance, raising the dead. For the raising of the dead, the gift of faith is needed to call a person's spirit back after it has already left the body. You have to have faith that goes beyond just the faith that comes now, the the Bible faith. You have to have a supernatural manifestation of faith to help you receive. That spirit, that person's spirit being brought back. Also, you're going to need the working of miracles so that because the body would have already started to deteriorate. And gifts of healings to heal whatever they died from in the first place to keep them from dying again. So that, that explains some things then, doesn't it? When you think, for instance, of Smith Wigglesworth who had multiple people raised from the dead in His ministry. Multiple people who, I mean, were already in, in the, at, at the funeral home. There was a, not just an authority, but there was a gift of faith to receive that person coming back to their body. There was a, a, a working of miracles to change what had already happened in their body through the process of death yeah. and the healings because he stood in an off, a prophet's office. Yeah. So those were operative. They weren't operative all the time. But if you've ever read any of Smith Wigglesworth's books, and I encourage you, there's a few of them out there. Only one of them is, that he wrote. The others are, are of his sermons. Uh, but the, he, he made the statement when he comes to the end of his faith, that God gave him a supernatural faith. it was the gift of faith. Yeah. The gift of faith, operative. And so... Uh, that's not to say that you have to be operating in the office of a prophet to be able to raise someone from the dead. It could be that there's two believers there and one of them, it, it, the Holy Spirit moves from, through one to, to, to flow in the gift of faith and the other to flow in healings, gifts of healings and uh, working of miracles. That there could be multiple people in the room, amen, that have manifestations of the gift and they're all working together. Praise God. But we do know that those gifts are going to be needed to affect that raising from the dead. Another one would be casting out evil spirits. We know we have authority in the name, but we need the help of the Holy Spirit. So the gift of faith is exercised in casting out evil spirits. The gifts of discerning of spirits or the word of knowledge. Either one of those are going to help you in the same way because often you need to know what you're dealing with so that you can identify and speak directly. So that gift of discerning of spirits or the word of knowledge is going to help you know how to deal with that evil spirit. Hallelujah. So... This is why we're studying in a way that's studious to look at the operations of these gifts because we don't want to be lacking knowledge where the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is concerned and we don't want to be weird with it. We don't want to be kooky with His power. We don't want to be uh, unsafe with the power of God. We want, to be, we want to be stable in the operation so that it can be life-changing for people as He ministers to them. Amen? And we can't do any of these things without Him. We need Him for the work of the ministry. We need Him for our lives. We need Him for, for the things in our families. And we need His liberty. And the more knowledge we have, the more liberty He'll have. In our, in our midst. So uh, looking at these two, the gift of faith, let's, talk, let's go back for just a minute. I'm trying to contrast these so that we can see a difference, but uh, I, I want to indicate first of all, we know that this is a supernatural manifestation. It is not the faith that comes by hearing the Word. It is a supernatural faith, a gift of faith, that enables us by the Spirit of God to receive a miracle. The working of miracles is a supernatural uh, operation of the Spirit of God to actively work that miracle. And so a miracle is is a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. When a lot of times we'll use a, the, the word miracle to describe things that really aren't miracles. You know, like we would say the miracle of a, a person, a baby being born. Well, that's a normal part of the way God designed for children to be born. But it, So we're talking about an, a supernatural intervention by God. That's what a miracle is. Hallelujah. Uh, now, so... Both are producing miracles. One is actively working the miracle. The gift of faith is passively receiving the miracle. Let's move on and talk about the gifts of healing before we close today. The gifts of healings. The gifts of healings are manifested for the supernatural healing of sickness and disease without natural source or means. So it's not supplements. It's not um, uh, medicine or doctor's. All of those are good, praise God. What the doctors have is our wisdom that God gave them, right? But the gifts of healings are supernatural manifestations that cause healing in the body. And um, they are prominent in the New Testament. In Jesus' ministry, it is one of the most prominent. Now, Jesus is the one who has operated in seven of the nine gifts. We don't have any scriptural evidence that he spoke in tongues or had interpretation of tongues, but we have all the evidence that he operated the gift of the word of wisdom, the gift of the word of knowledge, the discerning of spirits, the gifts of faith, a gift of faith, the gift of uh, uh, working of miracles, the gifts of healings and prophecy. All of those seven operated in Jesus' ministry because John chapter 3, I think it's in verse 30, says the Spirit was given to Him without measure. Jesus is the one who has the fullness of the Spirit and He distributes through the body. He's the head who has received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. We're the body and so that's why we get distributions. Amen? So the... The operation of the gifts of healings was prominent in the New Testament and it is the only gift that is listed as being plural. The only gift that is listed as being plural and in the original language both gifts and healings are plural. So that tells us that one person may operate in a gift of healing for cancer while another person has a gift of healing for emphysema or back trouble. Uh, i I was uh recently uh, it was probably about two years ago in one of the services in a conference in Marietta, California with uh pastor nancy Dufresne, and it was a ministers conference and so there were many other ministers uh there and there was a, a, a they had a healing meeting going on it wasn't necessarily supposed to be that but the Holy Spirit was moving in that way uh, to want to heal and so Pastor Nancy said out of the ministers uh, she would call one up and say what does God use you in most often they said well I, I have a lot of people who get healed of, of trouble with their ears or uh, trouble with a certain disease. And so she would say, if you have any of those symptoms, you come up here. And so he laid hands on them. And then he had another person who uh, had a, a lot of success in people's lungs being healed, people's uh, uh, joints or whatever. Just, they, they each recognized what God used them in yeah. most often. And that's important for us to know. Brother Hagan said that there were things that his wife Aretha that God would use and see uh, a great healings more often. Now, see the difference? Brother Hagin had a healing anointing, and so there were times he could minister by the anointing when the anointing was flowing. And when that lifted, he would say, the Holy Spirit has lifted in that way. I can pray the prayer of faith for you. But if you have this, let my wife pray for you. Or, you know, he, he, he would recognize... And that came with just being in the ministry and praying for people and finding out what God did after he prayed. And, and it, it is vital to know that because if you see more people being healed, and you don't have to be in the ministry to have the gift of healing because you're a believer it can be something that when you pray for people on the job or people and they, if you find the opportunity to pray for someone and you see them getting a lot of people with allergies get healed when you pray for them or a lot of people with headaches get healed when you pray for them or people with lung problems then you'll recognize God's using me in that way yeah. amen gifts of healings they are are both gifts and healings are plural and jesus Look at Matthew 9. Let's do take a, uh, take a moment and look a little bit closely at this. Matthew 9, 35. Matthew 9, 35. Jesus went about healing, went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. It didn't say He, in this, this verse, it didn't say He healed all the people. There were times it says He healed them all. But in this case, it says every sickness and every disease, every type of sickness, every type of disease among the people. So Jesus had all the gifts of the healings operative in His ministry. He had all the gifts of healings because the Spirit is given to him without measure. So gifts of healings versus receiving by faith. Can we talk about that for just a moment? All healings are done by God. All healings are done by God. The gifts of healings are manifested through another person to you. But you're not limited to wait until somebody has the gifts of healings or the Holy Spirit moves on that person. Any of us can receive healing by faith, by acting on the Word of God. Amen. So receiving by faith can, wor- can receive that miracle of healing, can receive that healing in your body. You don't have to have someone who has a healing anointing or someone who has the gift of healing operative in, their, in, their, in a service or in a ministry for you to get healed. You can receive healing by faith. And it's, uh, it's wisdom to become skilled in receiving healing by faith so that you're not at that disadvantage of having to wait until there's a manifestation of the anointing or someone who's operating in that gift. Um, Let's look at some Old Testament examples. 2 Kings 5.14, Naaman was healed of leprosy. Then he went down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Now, when we think of of gifts of healings, we think of laying on of hands, don't we? Right? Do you remember when we looked at the word of knowledge? For instance, when God gave Ananias the word of knowledge about where to find Saul? He said, go to the street called Straight. He's in uh, a, 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 the house of Simon the Tanner. That was very specific words of knowledge, wasn't it? He, he spoke specific things to him. Very specific. But then when uh, we see uh, another example of the word of knowledge coming to the Apostle Paul when he's on that ship and the angel came to him. That word of knowledge came by the vehicle of an angel, but it was still a word of knowledge. It was still a, There was a word of knowledge uh, 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 that God spoke and then a word of wisdom. Right? So the, the word of wisdom saying that none of these people on this ship are going to die. Amen? That was something that nobody knew. That was about the future. That's a word of wisdom. But it came by an angel, but it was still the word of God. It was still something from God's mind. So there can be different vehicles, but when we see what it produces, that's how we determine what it was. This vehicle came by the spoken word, according to the word that the man of God gave Naaman. Naaman acted on that word, and healing was the result. Amen? So this gift of healing came by a vehicle of an instruction. Uh... Numbers chapter 13 is another Old Testament example of healing. Numbers 13 and verse 13: Miriam was healed. Oh, I might have the wrong chapter. Let me see here. I probably wrote, you know, you when you get the chapter sometimes, you look up and you, you pick what's on the page, and it's the wrong chapter. Praise the Lord, oh Miriam, where'd you go? It's not, It's maybe it's twelve thirteen. Let me look here. Yes, twelve thirteen. Forgive me. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, "Heal her now, O Lord, I beseech you." Hallelujah. And it goes on in 15 and says, Miriam was shut out from the camp seven days and the people journeyed not until Miriam was brought in again. So she contracted leprosy by uh, speaking evil of of Moses and Moses prayed for her and she got healed. And uh, so we have a healing in the Old Testament then. So healing isn't just something that started under Jesus' ministry. We see healing in the Old Testament. Uh, The... uh, Healings uh, are prominent. I'm just going to give a couple of examples in the New Testament. Jesus' ministry. uh, Matthew 8, 14, Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Some people say that's why Peter denied him three times. (laughs) Jesus healed the multitudes, Matthew 19, verse 2. He healed the blind, Matthew 20, 34. There are so many examples. That's just a few of them. But we see that was a a predominant part of Jesus' ministry and still is a predominant part of His ministry in the earth today through His body. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So the working of miracles, the gift of faith, the gifts of healings, these are all gifts that do something. They are all, all manifestations of the Spirit that do something in the lives of people. We have revelation gifts that reveal something. The word of wisdom reveals things about the future. The word of knowledge reveals things about, about the current or the past. The uh, uh, discerning of spirits reveals its actual seeing or hearing into the spirit realm. It's not discernment. It's discerning, seeing or hearing into the spirit realm. And it's not just seeing or hearing demons. It is the revelation of the Spirit of God. We see uh, in, in the book of Revelation when uh, John the Revelator saw the uh, seven aspects of the Spirit of God. It is when Isaiah saw uh, God on the throne and His, his train filled the temple. Uh, the, the, they all reveal something. And then in our next session that I have the opportunity uh, to minister on this, we will complete this with the inspirational gifts that say something, the utterance gifts that say something, and we'll talk about the uh, gift of prophecy, the diverse kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Thank you so much for sticking with me. Amen. Amen? We're learning a lot. We're growing and we're establishing some things in our church. Praise God. Hallelujah.